0: Shane, do, 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 do. you always enter
1: situations in a big way, man. Some kind of a fucking segmented perfect. Ha uh-huh. express myself sometimes when i need to be properly different
2: fuck
0: welcome to the lockdown i think this is like episode 21 yeah Yeah. 21 uh listen all opinions mentioned in this lockdown episode are those of our own and not those of um our employers uh yada 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 so um yeah just remember that uh Welcome, boys, to Hello. another episode. Thank what you, an, David. What an amazing episode we had uh, last week with Darren Yeoman. Um, some interesting insights into uh, gym gym ownership. We'll talk a bit more about that later. I think everybody's going to have a bit bit of information. We've we've had a few tidbits of information come through, so some things to discuss. Um. How is everyone has anyone's life drastically changed since uh, the prime minister gave the lowdown on the new the new uh, lockdown rules that aren't lockdown rules because we're not technically in lockdown anymore we're in lock out 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 down
2: or yeah move out, move there was four people in the park instead of me was there and my family That's interesting
3: <laughs> yeah. I came to a realization <laughs> about how fucking massive queues are going to be everywhere you want to go post-lockdown for the, the first, like, six months, having yeah. attended B&Q on Saturday or Sunday or whenever I went there.
1: Tell you what, Kronk, I'm really worried about the potential queues at Burger King when it opens back up, mate. I It's open now, mate. What, Burger King's open now?
2: Yeah, the one next hostel's open, mate. It's oh, my God. Me. That has been oh there. Nah, dark times, mate. I just think they give you coronavirus? Mate, what, I meat eat
0: or it. fast food? Coronavirus isn't but real, mate. It's just 5G. I like thought it
2: Birkin. 5G. They, they insert 5G particles into the beef patties. Anyway, before we
0: get into to conspiracy theories, <laughs> so um, is everybody crystal clear on, because there's, 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 there's some people debating confusion and some people, uh, I know Adam's, Obviously, this is not visual, so you can't see what Adam's holding up, which always makes it meaningless that he's holding it up. But what he's actually holding up <laughs> is a really <laughs> large print that I we'll plan to rebuild. From we're live, aren't we? um, Yeah, we're live, uh, but you can't see it. We're live. Um, <laughs> visual live. So, we'll, we'll talk about that, but... There there has, rightly or wrongly, been some debate, and I'm sure everybody's seen it because we're all on social media, over some people are confused, some people aren't confused, some people see it's crystal clear. Um, Can you see why people might be confused? Yes. Are you yourself confused? No. no. I don't think I'm confused. Okay, this is interesting. I, I don't see the logic behind certain things. This, this exactly. Which is exactly, and I think that's where people are not articulating their confusion very well. But if yeah. you look slightly below the scratch of the surface, the words that are being said are quite clear. They're quite yeah. understandable. But actually I think what you guys are alluding to is what I'm feeling myself, is that below the surface, the logic behind the actions is somewhat contradictory to what we were being told seven weeks ago in which nothing has really changed uh, in fact um and i believe if you look back seven weeks ago i'm not a mathematician although we do have a mathematician with us that the r would have not probably been above one when we went in lockdown it only went above one when they started recording the figures at the peak. Would I be correct in saying that, Adam, or
2: is that wrong? Well, that whole that—that's just like an exponential growth. But it's really hard because unless they test everyone, um, this, you can't. It's just meaningless because all of us on this call could have had the coronavirus and spread it to multiple <laughs> people with a massive yeah, <laughs> with a massive <laughs> high R number. So, for example dog could have given it to eight people. Now, if you take that in isolation, that means that's an R value of eight, mm. which is ridiculous. So they, it, it's, it's a very flawed assumption. They've made loads of assumptions. They've had to, because they haven't tested it well. Mm. So until mm. the testing regime's in check, it's just all fear. Some of it is obviously based on a lot of scientific background,
0: but, but science the, is only as good as the data you're getting, isn't it? Of that, course, That's yeah. what you're saying. You know, if, yeah, if you're not getting the data. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
3: Add, is, is there two numbers that? Because when it first came to England, we were talking about the R naught, right? Yeah. But now we're not talking about the R naught anymore. We're talking about so the R. There's
2: there's R. Oh, it's just it's just a um. I can't figure the math term. Basically, the R is the number of times you spread it on. So there's the R thing is the R0, R0
0: the, is not the, contagious. There's no, there's nothing that you're not it yeah. to anyone. No, but yeah. when, when it first
3: yeah. came to the country, we were saying that they, the r naught was three. So it's like, yeah. is that, is that, that, is that's that the same zero? Thing
2: that, that's the r. patient zero. Yeah. That's the r-, r number. Yeah. But, but what the other thing, I don't know the, the term for it medically is of those people that get spread, who actually p- produces the harsh one that kills you. So, you might spread it to eight people. Yeah. If none of them get ill, they've done that. It's meaningless.
3: They, um, I don't know if you caught the questioning that they just did. Um, but their science mush said that he reckons that up to 130,000 people have currently got it. Yeah. Because we just have no fucking clue what's going on. So that we got no idea what the R is.
0: So, So what. I just want to take you boys back a little step because we've we've zoomed ahead ever so slightly. We were talking about the confusion that's surrounding um, the thought process. What, as a as a lay person, do you think one would find confusing about this situation? If you were a normal guy on the street, George, your normal guy on the street. Um, What is confusing about, because what he's saying is pretty clear. If you can go to work, go to work. If you can stay at home, if you can't go to work, stay at home and work from home. Um, Go and see one person who you know, um, but don't go and see a family.
4: I think it's just a, a case of, to me... When I was listening to it, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, but this is the same as last time. And I think the confusion is people have probably been doing some of the stuff that he mentioned already in some way, shape, or form, and now they're being reiterated the same information. They're confused as to why they're being reiterated the same uh, message, and they're either misconstruing it or confused as to why they're being told this again. Or, yeah, just like the confusion of having the same information twice. Mm. Um, And I think there is a lot of grey area going on. Like some people are saying it's something along the lines of you can meet one person if you're on your own in a social place as long as you social distance. But it's like, you know, what happens to the, the single parents or something to that effect? So it's just, I think it's confusing, and from that standpoint, and it's just not black and white. Here is what you could do before. Here is what we've added to that list. I think if it was listed in that format, it would probably be easier to clarify. And I mean, if, if
0: you know, I've I've often seen common sense sort of funny. as a um barked as a uh, sort of an attack on those who are questioning the situation um do you think that common sense people are using common sense when they thought there might be some additional control measures that that came in to go along with this new sort of um um rebuilding or or you know opening up of lockdown do do you think people expected there to be a track and trace announced or something else an additional measure Cause I I think that's where I was coming from. I was kind of like, I'm cool with this. If you're going to learn something more about it, but if you're just going to go out and wait and see what happens, um, that doesn't sound like a very scientific
2: methodology to me. Um, you know, they've mentioned it in this report that they're going to get the the app up and running. Um, Mm. I'll read
0: you the paragraph. So a little there. bit, a little bit like shutting the borders, though, mate, isn't it? Really? Because yeah, yeah. You'd, be, well, little, you get app, you'd get the app up and running prior yeah. to releasing people <clears throat> back to work. I mean, you know, I do worry about. I mean, I this is, Obviously, I don't. I want to be reasonably apolitical in it, but I don't. I know it's a political situation, so you can't really be apolitical. But more from a class point of view. You know, people who are skilled workers or have skills are more likely to be able to work from home. People who are less skilled are less likely to be able to work from home. That yeah. I would have thought is a fact. Now, in all, really, what it says to me is, or or ask you guys the question: Do you think they are playing exp- or, or using experiment, and by proxy, that experiment would be with the um lower working, class of working class, class yeah class, yeah do you yeah. think that do you think that's an assu- a correct assumption to make or am i well off the mark there No,
2: but, yeah it's just a factor isn't it? it's a fact of life unfortunately the modern not, not saying that working class people aren't aren't intelligent but more to sort of intelligently type jobs involve computers and speaking to people emails yeah. um all of those things can be done social distancing Locked in your little bedroom under a cupboard, um, you know. Construction people, man, you know, factory workers—they've got to go out and do do the job, and they're going to end up bumping into people, unfortunately. <laughs> that's the way it goes. And I without mean, those yeah, people, that,
0: should it be that's the way it goes without no, having? It be. I mean, this this it is be, no. that is the attitude that is what you are saying mm. seems to be the attitude that is being drip fed out. That's mm. the way it goes. Unfortunately, guys. If you can't work from home, you're going to have to go out because we've got to get this economy going. But that, and if you that get isn't Ill. the case though, because no, they've,
3: they've had the furlough scheme. Yeah, and so there's and been and millions all, of people. But
1: yeah. that's ending empl- in June, June or July. They're pulling the rug out in the, you em- at that point. Your
2: employer can't can't bring you back unless they've got social distancing in place. Anyway, yeah. and there's there's another document being released this week with guidance for employers. So um, if it's not safe to go back, you won't be able to go back you'll be able to sue your employer. I'd,
3: I think that a lot of the confusion has come from we we were told, this was built up like it was going to be a massive change, right? It was going to be a huge, you know, loads of different stuff was happening. There was all this noise in the paper about being able to have a 10-person social bubble and all this other shit. Then on Friday, all the other countries in the uh, United Kingdom's first ministers came out and basically got the jump on Boris, didn't they? Yeah. And have seen what the public opinion was based on what was leaked on the Thursday and just gone, oh, fuck it, we'll just say the total opposite, which has confused things even more because now you've got Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland doing, saying different shit to what Boris has said. He's come out and basically said, look, use your fucking common sense. Yeah. If you are working from home, crack on, mate. You know, probably nothing's different because you weren't furloughed anyway. If you have been furloughed and your business is now open, you won't be going back unless they've got social distancing measures in place. If you can, ride your bike. If you can't go to work because you need childcare, don't go to work. Carry on being furloughed or, you know, speak to your employer, basically. I don't think it's that difficult. But the way he said it in that speech on Sunday was fucking stupid. It was the most, like, East End... Like, it, was, it was just like he was acting, wasn't it? It, it wasn't like no, he was delivering what? useful information. It was like he was. He'd, someone had written him a script, which they obviously had. And he's just sat there and delivered us a,
2: a monologue. I like his fists, his closed fists. Yeah.
3: Like that. And everyone sat there like, what? What the fuck yeah. is this, mate? What do you say? I thought we were going to get some like black and white, like, basically, you can't stay at home. <laughs> but actually, what we got was, Britain... Has achieved
5: fuck all.
2: (laughs) We are moving forward. (laughs) He had to announce something, I think. But but basically, cutting through all the poo, I think June is the the announcement we were sort of expecting yesterday is what's going to really happen in June. Yeah. Mm. And instead of saying, look, boys, you're in lockdown for another three weeks, they've just said a load load of gibberish, which is everything stays the same. A tiny little change in the wording. Everything's the same. But I think
0: I think the danger is that the wording, although I understand the document says a lot and it says, well, you can sue your employer. Um, oh, yeah, it, don't, it doesn't they say don't that, do... but it's, it no, sort of but, implies, implies that. But that is never as easy as one would no, of to course think. Not. I mean, of ultimately... You know, we are one of those countries where the, 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 the power is far more in in, in the favour of the employer than it is the employee. In any situation, you've got to take your employer to a tribunal. If you've only been in, in employment for two years, you have almost zero employment rights anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. ultimately, if you decide that it isn't is dangerous for you to go to work and your employer decides it isn't dangerous for you to go to work. And especially, I mean, I guess here in the southwest we are blessed not blessed that we have got barely a public uh transport network that you would even want to visit your gran on because she'd probably be dead by the time you got there because um, it is that <laughs> inept but actually in london most people um and and london isn't particularly small a lot of people do commute quite a long way within London and also you rely on public transport to get into London Um, that is not including that is including sort of construction workers and so on and so forth but no one can afford to live in London Um, that does pose quite a large problem but also puts quite a lot of pressure on an individual to get into work of their own accord um, often when they're not geared up to and the onus is then not necessarily on the employer but more on the employee and i think that is where some people will find the pressure and i think that is although you, you i guess there's two scenarios where you could be in a very you know for those of us that can work from home it's a very easy scenario isn't it it is clear it is nothing's changed for those of you that now can go to work but either the schools are shut so you don't have any childcare um, you don't have any mode of transport to get to work or your mode of transport that used to get you to work on time now doesn't really operate with social distancing rules in place. Um, there's a lot of complication around how you're going to get around these issues. And the, the fact that you can go on a construction site and you we all know you're never going to social distance because most construction sites operate in a fashion where you have to do things where you can't social distance for example look at the industry that george's in george designed gardens why do you have a gang of gardeners (laughs) because they have to do shit together that's bottom line it's not rocket science you know It, it, it creates issues that sometimes are unfathomable you can't get around them but on the other hand, you can go up and meet one person that you know, but you've got to stay two metres away from them. As much as anyone says it is clear, I do think there are some things that
2: in certain situations you would find could cause he, you problems. He shouldn't have said anything. He should have said, look, fellas, the lockdown's extended another three yeah. weeks. We'll look at it again in June. This is what we might do in June. But and that doesn't serve the
0: purpose, does it? Because what this does now is it sees if the activity increase over the next 14 days raises the R number.
2: Mm.
0: And the bottom line is, essentially, the reason primary school children are going back to school is because secondary school children can legally look after themselves or be left alone for a period of time, Mm. i.e. while you go to work. So. Really, it's taking care of the childcare for the younger children for that month to see if you can get the R number. They see if the R number's affected.
2: Because uh, otherwise, there would be no point, would there? Yeah, sats- June, June is, sats- is sats- when it's sats- going to open well. back up. Yeah, June is when it's opening back up. But, Not, they're, nothing's
3: they're, changed. The reason those year groups are going back there is because they have exams. Like receptions, of the youngest kids get them out of the way. But yeah. one and one and six is, is sats. They're just sats, gonna try and yeah, squeeze the, right. sats well, what about the in secondary?
0: The the what about the secondary school
3: kids? They'll just they'll just take their predicted grades. They took what, about the,
0: what about the preschool kids? Well, they, they go don't back. need them. No. They
3: just Yeah, yeah but the,
0: the the yeah, 'cause they're sats years. What the preschool kids? The little tiddler toddlers. Preschool. The receptions.
3: Yeah, but the receptions won't go back. No one's sending their fucking reception kids into school. You don't um, have to send them in. But the, no, no, one has
0: to do it. But they are, they are. I mean, my my missus is a preschool teacher, so they they're, they're they're sending they're offering the spaces for preschool kids to go yeah. back. Also, they're getting everyone below eleven back to school. That's for that month. That is the intention. If you if your kids can and you want them to, to go to school, they're encouraging all kids below eleven to go back.
3: So I thought he said that it was reception one and six.
2: Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. It's not. It's not the mid the mid years. They, they want to aim for the, to get in the primary school by the end of June. They want okay. to go back for a month, so June will be Wait, end then. of lockdown, and then July okay. everyone else back. Right, okay. And then on holiday for six weeks, <laughs> and then they're back for September. And you got to wonder why you do that. Yeah. I, 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 to I squeeze think, the exams in. Uh, squeeze, yeah. They're
0: opening but, back that, up, but for the little kids for July. There are no exams. Yeah, it's it's over in June. The lockdown's done. Do you know Unless, what I mean? I'm am just trying yeah. I'm trying to logicise why you would. In, the only reason I know why it is is because people can't get little kids looked after, and school is childcare for kids under eleven. Because yeah. if they're over yeah. eleven, they can freaking yeah. look after themselves if you want yeah. them to. By law. By law, yeah. you can. You, they can they can look after themselves but uh, but it's, it's it, it it's not a secret you're trying to get people back to work because you're trying yeah. to get the economy rolling again i'm not i'm not trying to make it more complicated than it is
1: so dave is it is it voluntary it's not they're not forcing the kids out the door
0: no, i don't think you're going to get fined if you decide to not send your kids back i don't think that is but he said tonight in that question thing they are strongly recommending that you that parents are encouraged to send their children back to school
2: but, mm. but the thing is what they've done like we, we mentioned in a previous podcast the amount of fear the media has elicited about this now is so so off the charts be it founded yeah. or not founded everyone now is like whoa people and there's facts people have died loads of people have died yeah it's a, it's a tragedy now it, everyone in their right mind is going to say if we risk averse you know you dave if there's a massive job obviously you've got to go save people than fires. but that's that's a lot, lot bad managers but a massive black hole opens up in front of me walk forward mate no way son you know what i mean you're not going to walk towards a potential risk but that's what everyone all our brains are now programmed to be like shit boys yeah. don't touch anyone staying home and now they're I'm saying telling you what adam you know, have,
1: you, have you seen the um they got the same threat level that fucking amber light system for COVID that as the same, they did for the terrorism threat. And Nando's. <laughs> and Nando's. Yeah. Ad, it's Ad, do you think,
3: do you think that we are so used to basically being told fuck all that we're now actually being told something that it's like yeah. sh- massively shaken us up? Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, like, it- they must have had like, um I don't really call it as a marketing term and psychological with the, um I'm not into it that much, but the, the phrase they did like um, stay home, save the NHS, something like that, save lives, save the NHS, whatever that phrase, I can't remember it, in red and black. And now it's changed into green and yellow. Yeah. It's like, the, the that, go. yeah, yeah. You've got it, and that, that's like a red for stop, green
0: for go, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's, repro- it's reprogramming our brains slowly, but nothing, no conspiracy, that's just what it is. It's reprogramming our brains ready for June. But going back to what you were saying,
0: I think normal people, Ryan, are risk averse in normal day to day life. Most people don't really have a huge amount of risk, or they don't perceive the risk that they're in. So if you're in a car. And you're driving around, you probably are at a reasonable amount of risk for getting hit or crashing or looking at your blower and then like mowing down a fucking bus <laughs> full of kids or whatever. But you don't recognize that because that's what you do every day. And the chance are it hasn't happened to you because you don't, you know, and, and if it hasn't happened to you in your own little brain, it doesn't happen. Whereas if you see someone who goes to accidents where people mow down you know buses and loads of kids and things like that every day then you know it happens and you sort of recognize that there's risks there and i think normal people and i'm i'm not trying to belittle normal people because quite rightly so we have developed social society so you don't have a lot of risk in it that's that's why it works so well that's why you just go out and do what you want to do and you know get on with it and you don't die but ultimately yeah. most this is the most risk that people have been in for a long long time or recognize that they're in that risk and quite rightly so the government have said fuck's sake you're in quite a lot of risk here lock yourself inside and then all of a sudden nothing has changed so i akined it earlier me and adam were talking and um i I sort of akin it a bit like you you're in a war zone you're getting shot at by the enemy and you dig yourself a trench. If you get in the trench and you don't stick your head above the parapet, you won't get shot. But nothing's changed. They're still shooting at you. They're still trying to kill you. As soon as you go over the, over the parapet wall again, you're going to get shot again. And most people with their common sense think, well, surely if I start going out again, yeah. I'm just going to catch the virus again. Yeah. And they're right
2: because and the that's virus is being- still there. That's how we've been programmed in our brains to to think.
0: Whereas most of the people in my firm or my area of work, it there is there is risk of that sort of thing all the time. There's bodily fluid risk. There's biohazard risk. There's risk to getting burnt. There's risk to getting hit by a car on a motorway. There's you know all sorts of risks that. So when you and and obviously the, the biggest joke was when people were moaning at um, emergency services people for all going to Bournemouth hospital and clapping and things like that. And they were saying, well, look at all the emergency services workers, not social distancing. Well, they didn't social distance in the car on the way down there. You believe yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not going to social distance when they're there. It's not, you know, that's, it's not, they,
3: they weren't crying about the fact that they had to fucking work, were they? And, and that, their, sure. that their office might not have social distancing measures in place, nor were the fucking poor, 18-year-old part-time co-op workers that had no choice to keep going to work and aren't oh, social distancing. No one, no one made a fucking sound for them. No, But that is society. Well, that is society. <laughs>
0: well, but as, soon as, my, as soon as it my doesn't clap, bother mate. me, if it, my little clap. if it doesn't bother, if it doesn't affect <laughs> me, I don't really care. That is general society. Yeah. But now what he's said is it's it does affect people. So they start going, well, how does that affect me? Now I might go out and I might get the virus. And quite rightly so. They're a bit panicked about it. But you're quite right. When a poor little spotty Wally down at the co-op was in risk of yeah. getting the coronavirus, no one gave a fuck. And I can tell you what, he's not hes
3: not fucking wearing gloves or a mask since no, day Mike. one. He doesn't he's, give a
0: fuck. He's coughed all over that screen like a yeah. hundred times as well. So I, um,
2: I nearly died last time I went to the co-op. <laughs> I it sounds like, a like quite an extreme story. So I'm not. I had like a cough in my mouth. You know, and you get like a cough when you try not to cough, and it, it makes it makes worse. It, makes it <laughs> worse. <laughs> 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 I was like dying. And I was like. <laughs> Did you start shaking on the floor? Like. <laughs> <last> <laughs> <picture> <laughs> in hand? Then I got outside, and I was like, <clears throat> yeah, bad, bad times. But yeah, <laughs> I
0: I, I'm I'm interested, in, not in a morbid way, because I don't obviously don't want people to. You know, but I, I just don't see how it can go any way uh, apart from the R number going up. I don't know how that can, I don't know how that cannot happen. I'm not Nostradamus, but I, can someone tell me
2: how? So they they R number predicted numbers. it to be really that the, in all the models they did in the first place that so it's like really really triply infectious. So like um like Crocs are their initial things of R over three. Mm. Three to five or something ridiculous mm. when they first came.
0: Oh, just, so on, that just means... on that. Did you hear about mate your boy in Korea, in South Korea, who went to the gay club? Gay club at the weekend. Papa One one guy went to a gay <laughs> club at the weekend in, yeah. in North Korea. Sorry, South Korea. They've yeah. got a massive panic on because he infected eighty six people. Eighty six yeah. people Christ. have been been uh, tested, and. Um, got pre- been proved what you call it uh been confirmed covid
2: 19. is it bukkake pie
0: <laughs> yeah and rumor has it you can get it through spaff so it's yeah. gotta be a spaff. it's a bodily pl- fluid don't be so ridiculous <laughs>
2: you're a man of what you should know that <laughs> the bukkake pie <laughs> is that pepper <laughs> <laughs> he's, going, <laughs> he's going home, isn't it oh
5: fucking
0: hell he's, gonna, Apparently, be fighting, he's gonna be fighting north koreans next week mate the yeah. problem with a track and trace is that when you go into a club in north in south I keep saying north korea in south korea you've got to give your name and that's the conditions of going in the club but what they were saying was that everybody gave fake names because it's not a very comfortable place to be a gay person in korea yeah so they can't trace the people oh, as they shit. do normally so the plan that that track and trace thing in korea has sort of been scuppered because it's, bi- it's basically a bigoted <laughs> country. So has bigoted
3: that, At least they know that there's 86 people that have got coronavirus, right? That's Whereas yes. two months ago, we wouldn't have had a fucking clue. We still wouldn't. We still wouldn't.
0: We still wouldn't. We don't know. <laughs> well, I, you go I, in a co-op, you've infected <laughs> the spotty Wally behind the thing. I <laughs> I honestly, but, well, I reckon
3: we've just gone... How does it? How does it look in Germany, and France? Fuck it, let's just copy them. Yeah.
5: Like,
3: but I think yeah. the science,
2: the science is saying it's not as, it's infectious, but it's not as infectious as they predicted. So as long as long as you are aware of it now, everyone's aware of it. There's no one in this country who doesn't know about the coronavirus. There's no one. Well, to be fair, so, that
0: Chris Whitty tonight did summarise almost how. Ineffective it was, really. Did did anyone else get that? You watched it, Ryan, didn't you? He sort of went through and went, "Well, you know, you know, very few children will be affected by it. And then, even if you do get it and you're on a high risk, it only it only severely affects 20% of the high risk people."
1: Still fucking high. Is that
3: because you're high risk, Kerry.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah.
3: I'm, I'm not high risk, so. Personally, I don't think it's a
2: <laughs> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever seen X-Men? You know, Apocalypse and Subway-Nah. Survival of the fittest. This is it now. Yeah. Only no really the strong survive. Make a art I'll, student I'll with heart asthma.
1: Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Only the and strong the survive. I'd just oh, be there, oh, standing
0: there, squat, empty in his inhaler. Think, the thing Into is, if you
2: the go to that South Korean spa party, and just, like, gobble it all up. Mate, I would be fucking pure awesome. Corona juice. <laughs> no, I think I think that's what they're saying, isn't it? It's not as it's bad. It's obviously you know all the lives. Not joking about all the dead people, that. But it's not as it's not as horrific as they predicted. Yeah, and, I mean, and now
3: they if, if they come back. out and say, "Right, chaps, it's pretty fucking contagious, but there's only a 0.1 percent chance that you're going to die." Everyone will go, "I f- I take." I take worse odds than that on a daily basis
0: having yeah. a wank do you know yeah. what I mean like I'll I'll take that yep lockdown's over what is that the chance of you not having a wank <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst <laughs> no, that's, <laughs>
2: there's less chance than that I've got some I've got some stuff we can talk about off air about that but what my wanking. mate in the army used to yeah my mate in the army used to tell me some stuff he used to do this can't Why be, be repeated uh, all about sleeping bags and wanking and stuff and the urethras and bladders and stuff can't be, can't
3: be <laughs> It sounds like you've told us
2: the worst bit, so you might as well fucking tell
0: us nah, the story. Bad, bad, mate. Let's let's talk yeah, about I, the I, UFC.
2: I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just don't think it's as bad as they you know, it's obviously horrific, but I just don't think it's as bad. And now they're they're dialing it back, aren't they? But how how can that be
0: when you've got like m- mortuaries being built and like
2: you know, wartime hospital type scenarios going on? What what But they haven't, they haven't been used though, that's they're there ready to go, aren't they? They're really well, they there. have this in
0: winter. certain places, mate. for so this winter,
2: winter
1: only, I reckon.
0: Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, you, you can't say they haven't been used. They haven't been used all no, like, over the country. Yeah, that's but the thing. They have been used in certain
2: areas. They, they've upped their capability now, not they? They've upped the capacity. So they can, you know, again, I'm not a scientist name any means, but they, they've they got the capacity now to, to have more people coming in, haven't they? Maybe not all in one town. Yeah, but I we're see. now.
0: Yeah. But we the, the problem is we're not. Ha- we haven't got a functioning NHS. Who, who out of you lot could, reckons you could get a doctor's appointment now?
1: I wouldn't. I, do I it. did.
3: I... I did get a, a telephone appointment after someone crashed into me in March. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Did you get what, seen? What, by four someone? weeks later. <laughs> did
3: yeah. I? Fuck, mate. I got I had whiplash diagnosed over the phone. Brilliant. Actually, yeah. that does you a
0: favour, but. But do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're it's done because patient, there's, there's no if one. If you're a cancer patient or you've got yeah. any other things, you are not. I mean, yeah. my boy got diagnosed with um, celiac disease uh, the other day, and all right, it's you know, it's it's a it's a, something that can be controlled dietary wise. But can you see someone? Can you get a call from a dietitian? The NHS isn't functioning. They could barely organise telling us. It was, you know, that is not. Although no. the danger is not f- necessarily from COVID, the danger is definitely from not actually being out of ha- going get any <laughs> service from a functioning NHS. Yeah. that's
2: that's what you mentioned in his speech, wasn't it? Yesterday, one of the points was getting the getting the NHS back, getting all the non the non COVID departments working again. Mm.
3: Yeah, but it's their this, fucking it's their fucking policy that means it runs on the absolute minimum levels of care in the first fucking place
5: uh,
3: it's, it's not like it's a, a world class you know fantastic health service that rivals all the private hospitals at, all around the world it's like you get the absolute minimum level of care if you can get it yeah it's well, very what, functional
0: reactive. reactive yeah. yeah what it's, do they expect if a yeah.
3: fucking global pandemic comes along they're hardly going to fucking sit you in bed with a panini and to nice no. stick the Formula One on for you, are they? Why you're well, like, on your ventilator. When, when I, just um,
1: gonna...
2: Yeah, a panini. Like, I remember when I had my staff and I went in there, but they cut it out two times. And then I printed out on Wikipedia what staff was. Gave it to the doctor and said, is it this, mate? And he said, he went off. And then went off and got my test results when they cut it out and said, we've missed it. It is this. And then they rushed me into hospital again.
3: Mate, when I had my ACL operation... They put a cross on my left knee, and I said, oh, is that so that you know which one not to operate on? Oh, shit. And they shit. said, no, that's the one we do operate on. And I said, well, it's the wrong fucking knee, mate.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to say... If I had asked,
0: I'd have, <laughs> I'd have had oh, an ACL operation on the wrong
2: knee. Oh, my God.
0: I don't want to say, seem like I've been... You've been to 10 or eighth and I've been to 11 or eighth, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the I, 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 on, I went to get a mole cut out once And the geezer said Here's a picture Here's a picture We're going to have a look At a picture of your moles And I was like Okay mate And he showed me this picture And I was like Dude that's not me <laughs> <laughs> no. And he's like Yeah yeah that is I was like Dude that's not me and, I was like, and I'm out I'm on off that basis I'm gone I'm out of it Oh I'm shit dead. What, well, uh, they,
2: they have someone else's photo? They have someone else's
0: photo? I guess was ginger, mate. I, could, I mean, I said, I said, I said <laughs> to the guys, he's freaking ginger, mate. It's like Paul Tearbury's back. I don't know if someone had shot him with a shotgun.
1: It was a mole near your bag, Dave.
0: Huh?
1: It was a mole near your bag?
0: <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. It was back. But... I got that one. I can't. I can't say. I mean, I would. I could. Ne- I would never downplay the NHS because the NHS have saved my wife's life, and I'm sure it's the same for all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the chips yeah. are down, when it's serious business, they yeah, save right. lives. That is that. But like Ryan is alluding to, you do also want them for when you're not just about to die. When you, you know, you want it a bit before, when maybe just to put your legs back together or something like that to be, be able to like operate. You know? normal way and do your but
2: job or, or, or maybe we should pay that's for that why i've got shit. private medical yeah that's why i've got private medical yeah insurance. same because i think like <laughs> from that
4: yeah i think in summary it's kind of very much they're hesitant to diagnose things i found that with a lot of uh, situations where it's the diagnosis that's the difficult part but as soon as they know what's wrong with you they are very sure efficient are. at getting that <clears throat> that done yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of been uh, my experience with a lot of things that's happened. You know, I've had a few mem- family members with cancer, et cetera. As soon as they knew what was going wrong, it all kind of you know, clicked together and, you know, they did their job very well. Yeah,
0: very much so, George.
4: I agree completely with that.
0: When, when they know what they're dealing with, especially my, my dad had bundles of cancers and kidney transplants and all sorts, and they were amazing. To be fair, but like you say, it's the diagnostic stage, and and there, there is almost a, a, um, I do think there is a reluctance to diagnose because you can always find all sorts of things wrong um, with anyone, even if you're not showing symptoms. So that's why they're reluctant to. So, but I, I do think, you know, private healthcare. Um, <sighs> I don't know where I sit on private healthcare. Obviously it's great if you can afford it or it's a privilege that comes with your job
4: or whatever. But um It's cue cutting, isn't it? Generally.
3: Yeah. It's not. It's not I used yeah. to think that. But they use private healthcare to fund the NHS. So that and they the government were given the option of basically using of allowing private healthcare to use their space and basically renting out to them. And they could, they could earn up to 80% of the money, some figure, it was around 80% of, of what they were able to bring in, in terms of cash. So that obviously they utilize it so they can fund their, their national health service. So, so they do do it. Um, and they welcome it. I've had, I've, I, I never had private healthcare except through work. And then a couple of years ago, I, fucked up my knee and then my sister had cancer and my cousin had um, an illness called HLH which is where his white I think this might be wrong I think it's his white blood cells started attacking his own red blood cells and um, he was in the he was on the he died from it eventually but he was on the teenage cancer ward at uh, Southampton and you could see like what they were trying to do for him but they were so overwhelmed on that ward and they didn't have enough money then it made me think i should if i can afford it i felt the obligation to get private healthcare so i wasn't a burden on the nhs if something went wrong but also i was contributing them to them because the private hospital that i was using was paying the nhs (sighs) to use their equipment if that makes sense Mm. So I always used to yeah. think of it as Q cutting, but then I figured I would sacri- I would all, I'd just pay for it as long as I can afford it, and I'll sacrifice my Sky subscription or whatever, and I'll take out private healthcare because it means if I get, if I get cancer, I'll use the public, uh, sorry, I'll use the private facility because I've paid for it, and my insurers is then paying for it, and it means that someone that can't afford it can use the NHS bed.
2: Yeah, the I, so a little anecdotal story that might. My- add to your story there, so I I used to live and work in Australia and their model's very similar to America where um, you get like um, a basic cover if you're like on the dole or something, otherwise you've got to get private medical insurance, they call it Medicare or something like that, similar to the American American name, but you you get it as part of your work, so instead of getting paid, I'll just make some numbers up, instead of getting paid $65,000 a year you'll get paid $60,000 a year because five grand of your money will be forced to go into your private medical insurance. Now, every employer offers that. doesn't matter what, what job you do. Um, it just becomes part of your salary and it pays for the hospital. Now, obviously, there's a massive difference to what we've got. But when you go over there for an operation, you get the best stuff, best drugs, best um, equipment, best care, because it's all paid for. It's all insured. It would be a massive change to people's minds here because, you know, I've I've got private medical insurance via my company. It's a salary sacrifice each each month, but I'm willing to pay. It. But what yes. happens if people can't afford the private medical? They get the healthcare. basic. Ba- they get a basic one, which is like in a ward where there's like a million people, rather than it's very similar to what Kronk said there. Like um, you still get some care, but you won't get the high the high-level, quick, you know, quick, free, we, fair.
3: My, um, my cousin would have, if he'd have had private cover, they would have allowed, there's no, there's absolutely no telling that he would have survived, right? There's there's no, I, I don't know what the percentage chance of been if he'd have had, like, experimental treatment would have been, but the NHS won't pay for it because they simply can't afford it and it's not mm. fair for them to pay for it mm. for one nipper that's got one thing wrong you know, and it's the most fucking depressing ward you'll ever be on in your life because it's just kids with, with cancer and, and horrible fucking illnesses. And, mm. you know, they can't, they won't say, all right, well, we'll trial this, this, this specific thing that's, that's worked in America because they just simply can't afford it. But this, Whereas, but this is the
0: confusing thing for me <coughs> that as much as I understand what everybody's saying about private healthcare, the very people that are caring for us in the NHS, like nurses, and we can 't deny now that they are some of the most important workers that we have out there, could never afford private health care it wouldn 't even be it, it, it wouldn 't even be on their mind on twenty one thousand in London to try and get private health care so what we 're saying effectively is it's not really about how important your job is, but the more money you've got, the more chance you've got of living, just because you can afford better healthcare.
2: care. Uh, not, whether... not sounding horrible because I, I know where you're going with this, Dave, and I completely agree with what you're saying. But what I'm going to say now, you're going to think Adam, you're a prick. But I don't, I don't mean it anyway. You're a prick. Offensive. Yeah. <laughs> but there is too many people alive now and using resources. We haven't got enough resources to go around. We haven't got enough doctors to go around. I haven't got enough nurses. Um,
0: yeah, no, I, I agree that, but that alludes to what Ryan was saying before was the fact that it's not because we can't have enough. It's because that there has been a real, um, and it, and it's not like we don't all know about it because junior doctors and nurses have campaigned to tell us that the NHS <coughs> is woefully underfunded for what it's required to do. Now, anyone who knows anyone can go with the rhetoric that we can't afford it but we afforded to bail out the bankers and we built we we put money into hs2 that hasn't a, 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 that hasn't happened there was a garden bridge that boris wanted to build oh, which was 13 did that. Oh. Uh or 50 million, million pound or some something crazy like that i think the planning alone
2: was 13 oh don't oh, mate, don't don't talk about that, that mate. i'm not
0: uh, I'm, I'm saying that you could say yes there are too many people but you could also say that the money's not allocated towards the right in the right
2: direction yeah, yeah uh, that,
3: my my private health insurance is cheaper than my national
2: insurance yeah so as mine by, mine's well cheap mine's ridiculous yeah. mine's like not complete no-brainer. Yeah, and like it's,
3: and like I'm covered for just about anything you could possibly imagine. Now, obviously, as I get older, that'll be that. It will be more expensive, but it, my wife's on it, my nippers on it. Like it, it makes me feel slightly more comfortable. However, if I knew that everybody could get that level of care if I paid three times what I pay for private health insurance in my national insurance, I'd be fine. Personally, if I if I knew that I I paid more national insurance every month and everybody could get the level of private cover. Oh, me too, me yeah. too. 100%. And I I think I think ninety percent of the fucking people in the country would.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Without <laughs> sort of, yeah. And and so, also the thing is the thing behind private healthcare is it, it works great if you've got no previous yeah oh, yeah, yeah problems or yeah. history then that's ideal. But you know yeah. it's like any other insurance policy in the world. If you've yeah. got something up with you, if you're poor old Kerry there and he's a bit wheezy, he's fucked. That's it. They're not <laughs>
3: interested. Which is which is why our NHS is fucking amazing, right? Because it's free on yeah. walking yeah. in the door, whereas you end up paying a shitload if you're in America. If you if you've got a heart condition, you're basically fucked. Yeah, you're fucked.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
2: But the, the, the governments have been all the governments, not not just the current one for years and years and years have been gearing up the NHS to sell it off anyway. They've already yes, sold I, loads of it off already. Like I, I don't know all the particulars, and this isn't hearsay. This is fact. You know, what I mean, you go to hospitals now, and you you see that it's run by different companies. It's not actually run by the NHS. There's loads of different wards that are not just private; they're actually for the NHS, but run by different companies which get paid. And eventually, that'll be everything, and then it'll be private, and you won't be able to go to a certain hospital. You'll be you'll be injured, phone in up the ambulance, and they'll take you to whatever hostel you're allowed to go to, you're covered.
4: I mean it is quite interesting, again a bit of another anecdotal story, Um, but my brother had a situation where he, I, I can't remember if this was related to cancer or something else like that, but he went into one appointment on the NHS and the doctor that saw him was like helpful but in a restricted way, if that makes sense. So they would do enough to, you know, take care of him and do what they needed to. Um, but he wasn't satisfied with that experience. So he paid for uh, health insurance. And then he went in a couple months later. And it was the exact same doctor who he'd seen before. But because it was through the private company, the attitude and tone was completely different. Like immediately it was top notch uh, yeah, top notch quality of experience, a different sort of customer <laughs> manner, as it were, almost as if it was because you were through the private and because you were paying that premium, it was like a completely different thing, essentially. Like they, they, can claim, they can claim for it all, can they? Bang, bang, bang. How can I help you, sir? Oh, you want an MRI scan?
2: Come on here. Oh, you oh, want yeah. this? Have oh, some of this. Oh, okay, you, want it? you want some x-rays? Oh.
4: Actually, I think this might have actually been something uh, significantly less than cancer, actually. I think this might have actually been to do with his abscess or something to that effect.
2: can't remember. Well, I had a, um, I, when I was a bit younger in jiu-jitsu, not, again, not to scare anyone, I had like a, a neck issue, real bad neck issue. And it got so bad, um, I thought it was my hand. I, I'd carry a coffee cup and my grip would just go. Is that because you're like, trying to invert? Yeah. <laughs> Invert I just, on 20 stone. Yeah, on 20 stone. I just drop and smash coffee coffee mugs all the time. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got, like, brain damage or something. So I went went to the little carpal tunnel test on that. But again, because it was all private, straight away, got everything tested. And fine, clean bill of health. They told me to stop being a pussy. And that was it. Then it cleared I mean, up straight I
0: have away. to say, I mean, I don't, I don't want to... I absolutely don't want to misrepresent the NHS. I've had plenty of issues. The NHS have just squared me away with straight away without shadow of a doubt. And lots... I mean, I, you know, my family have been, you know, looked after. I mean, my missus would not... Got absolutely class A treatment without shadow of a doubt. So it's it's definitely not as though the NHS can't do it. It's just I would like to see... That they'd be under less strain and mm. less pressure yeah, and with yeah, more resources, okay. without having to have people pay for it, or people who can't afford to pay for it still be given the same, you know, fortuitous chance to mm. live. <laughs> the, <laughs> if they're, they're, be too they're, dramatic.
3: <laughs> it's, it is, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely black and white. They are more than capable. Of providing a world-class health service if we funded them properly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And no, we don't. Yeah. yeah. So Would we have to pay have the to
3: same shine. fucking people, the same yeah. doctors that you'd see yeah. on the NHS, but just in yeah.
2: their private practice. You pay them two thousand pounds an hour instead of yeah. fifty quid an hour, or, yeah. whatever, or,
3: yeah. or your insurer does, or your company does, or whatever. Yeah. But you know, and they that's they got they got to fucking make money as well, right? If if you yeah. if you're a doctor, why wouldn't you?
2: Of course. Have a private practice as well. The, not, not to go off another subject though, but like this is what freaked me out when the whole Brexit thing was going on. Yeah, boys we'll give the NHS 350 million a week now. Has that ever happened? No, because it hasn't. <laughs> so it's like, what's going on?
0: Well, that was a sales pitch to get everybody yeah. to vote for Brexit, essentially. <laughs> so, we, we
2: will give you treats.
0: Yes, yeah. that was a big yeah. donut
2: here's a massive donut here. I want my donut now, boys. Can't have it.
0: Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, pandemic. Head's down, pandemic's here.
0: Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, but anyway, the UFC, just briefly. Oh mate, that was fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think, I, I mean, I, I only watched the headliner. So I only watched, um, uh, Tony Ferguson and Justin, uh, Gagey. But, um, I would say probably one of the best fights I've ever seen, um,
2: or at least a gri- one of the grittiest fights I've probably he's, ever he's seen. He's got a good chin, isn't he? I, couldn't, I I was like thinking, oh my god, I'll be. He's only a little fella, but he'd have knocked me out <laughs> about ten punches. Um, I was thinking, how oh, can he take those many punches? He was, he was like rocked on his feet, getting back up. for Christ Almighty! What do people think about? I mean,
0: just. I mean, I know. Look, Justin Gagey is a uh NCAA uh all American wrestler so I'm not saying he would have been the easiest to take down but just going on the basis that Tony Ferguson has got a freakishly good ground game what do you think about the game plan he took that he basically
2: didn't <laughs> I
0: didn't he didn't offer one takedown it wasn't even in his you know well, did that.
2: He did that half-assed Inamari role, didn't he? That went horribly wrong. You see yeah. You get that was just like, days. what so
4: the... I, I think it's... Might... Oh, sorry, Carol, I
2: And you said he reminded
4: me of Jim when he tried to do it to me
2: once. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: I think it's just one of those things where both of them are college ref- wrestlers, if I remember correctly, yet I think Gagey was at a slightly higher level. And I feel like if they were going to do a takedown, Gagey would be the one who would probably get the takedown better. And I think it's the curse of jiu-jitsu where the takedowns are the more difficult bit. But once you're actually on the ground, it's easier to work. Hmm. You
0: think Tony might have thought he would have been expelling too much energy trying to get Gagey down to the ground. And therefore, it would have been a better strategy to keep it standing. (laughs) The two weight cuts. It it wasn't, it wasn't, to be fair, you know, they did say, oh, it was a one-sided. I don't think it was as one-sided as all that. I think Tony Ferguson was landing a lot of shots on Justin Gagey. They just weren't as um, damaging. But the uppercut, definitely, that he got caught with in, like, the third round was definitely, definitely, um, I mean, had that not been at the end of the round, I think Ferguson could have capitalised on that. But, um, But you boys will have to talk about the rest of the card because I really didn't see it. I, I didn't see uh, any of the other card fights. I thought,
3: I thought it was pretty one-sided. Personally, I like one and two were maybe like one, I gave him
0: all five rounds. I don't know if everyone
3: else gave him all five rounds.
4: Four, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So, I good. think Four. I
0: think you could have argued that Tony won the one the round that he. He got the uppercut in and knocked him bandy right at the end. Um, It's it's hard to
3: take someone down if you've been fucking punched in the face as hard as he was getting punched in the face. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. wrong. But that was,
0: I think, for me, towards the end latter rounds, that was really the only way that Tony Ferguson was going to win that fight. And the fact that Tony didn't try and win... It that way, I suppose he did do an imminari role, but I mean, it's not a very sure far way of getting in on the legs. No. Um, I, I suppose it evades the takedown, doesn't it? If you can if you can close a distance, but I don't know, it, it, it um, it's um Herb Dean stopped it. Oh, oh yeah, mate, old, he's like his yeah, brain, brain glitched, didn't it? He was, yeah,
2: that was a glitch in a matrix when it, yeah, it's like it said it's cheek. you know. I'm, Again, I'm not a doctor, but his cheek looked absolutely looked like a bloody... He did break his elbow. yeah. He did break it his elbow, but... It looked horrible. I was like, Jesus Christ. He just kept whacking yeah. him in the same place. It was broken. Yeah.
0: That is the left hook. That, do you uh, think he's... Do you think he's overrated, Tony Ferguson? No,
1: not at
0: all. Sure. No. No, he's really good. You just think Kerry's right. I think two weight cuts... In you know whatever it was a month is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, as much as it t- shows a lot of determination and character, and it- was it necessary? He knew it wasn't going to fight. I think it's just fucked his body up. And he even he said it was a long camp. I, I yeah. think that that was. But then do do I think that Justin Gagey will even get to touch uh, Khabib? No, I don't. I actually don't even think he's a, a match for um, Conor, if I'm going to be honest. Well, I know that might make a lot of people go. I,
3: I fucking love Conor McGregor, but I think Justin Gaze would beat Conor McGregor because he's not going to knock him out. And he's not going to fucking stop. He's just gone five rounds with Tony Ferguson. Conor McGregor's never in a million years going five rounds with Tony Ferguson.
0: But Conor, but Conor McGregor is a far far more precision striker than Tony Ferguson is. True. And Justin Gagey, yeah, too. The, 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 his accuracy is and he has power that they they all talk about. Everybody goes into a fight of him thinking they they're, they're going to he's overrated and he puts them away. And I One think punch. Justin Gagey is just far too one dimensional uh, He's not one-dimensional, but his fighting style is fully committed, balls to the wall. Very, you know, sort of um, uh, anyone who goes in with that sort of fighting style, like Jose Aldo did or um, Chaz Mendez did, Chad Mendez. I think they, they 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 get picked off by him, and I just I think Tony Ferguson would be a better fight. For Connor, as in have more chance of beating Connor than I do just engagey.
1: I just think the styles match up a bit, a bit better. I love MMA. What would have been the do. outcome from uh, uh, the Ferguson Khabib fight?
0: We can't talk about it, mate. It's just never yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Khabib would have probably beat man. Ferguson. Yeah. yeah. Khabib Khabib just gets the mount links his feet together and just sits there and punches away for as long as he wants. You're, ne- you're not going to stop his takedown. No.
3: The the only person who has a chance is George St-Pierre because he's bigger and yeah. could probably do the same thing to most. I mean, he do the exact same thing to every other lightweight
4: in that division. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will say, that was a particularly good performance by Gagey. He has definitely stepped up his game. But then again, saying that, he did run out against Alvarez with the same sort of strategy, the sort of balls to the walls. He was much more measured in this fight. But if yes. he did the same thing with Connor, I do think there is a risk he would get sparked in the first get two. Caught. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, flinging that that left hook out, he's going to get knocked out, and he he's going to miss yeah. it. And,
4: yeah, you're right. Yeah, because uh alvarez i think it was was it the third round that he got knocked out by alvarez yeah it, it was just one of those cases where he just continued with that thing and was just like no no i can bear it i can bear it i can bear it and then it's just dropped dropped and just couldn't get back up again
3: but maybe he's learnt as well though like yeah he was definitely but like you said he was definitely
0: more patient this time yeah Interestingly yeah. enough, the other person that's done really well against Khabib, I thought personally, was Ally Quinter, who fights very, very similarly to Justin Gagey. Regional. and I I I you know and, and Ally and Quinter only had um like a couple of weeks' notice. And he yeah. and I thought he did really, really well. And and the other person is Conor McGregor, who's actually the only person I think to win a round against. Khabib so far, so as much as people slate him, you know that's that's pretty impressive when you look at how dominant Khabib is. And that is. that was chinged
3: up alcoholic Conor McGregor as well in yeah. full fucking caravan mode, not, <laughs> yes. not not the
0: fucking Conor, not the Conor we saw dispatch cowboy the other week. No, that's you know. right, exactly that, exactly mm-hmm. that. That is that is believing your own hype. You know, uh what do you call it? Twelve fucking proper twelve, thirteen yeah. bottles it's, and it was literally Brad, Brad Pitt from snatch in that yeah. in that fight. But he still won around. Yeah. So it just shows you he, he you know and, and he and to you know to his own admittance he, he he trained like shit for that fight, which I don't think he would say if it wasn't true. I don't think he's a I don't think he's got any reason to fucking
4: no.
3: Well his team his team dug him out beforehand, yes, didn't they? So they did, yeah. He didn't have a yeah. choice, really. <laughs> no.
4: no. I think the original point stands that kind of frustrated me about this matchup is it completely fucks up the rankings. Like, you know, you yeah. had a kind of mental strategy of how the rankings would work for the next year or so, and now it's gone to shit. What's going to happen is Gage going to have a money fight with Connor? Is he going to try and unify? I mean, it's. I was talking to Kronky about this actually the other day. Like. It's so risky to not take a unification bout at this moment in time just because the levels are so high. And, you know, you look at Tony, he's never unified a title. No. Uh, and, you know, he's had a lot of fucking fights. 12 streaks, that's crazy. Yeah. You know what? It, it was
1: so foolish of him and his team to take the fight with Gaethje at that point. Like, OK, Khabib, Khabib Lev he stayed there, COVID's here. And he takes that fight and just fucks everything for himself you know he, he could have had a shot he could have made serious serious dollar fighting khabib that pay-per-view would have been massive and now I, that's gone i don't think tony
0: ferguson is the sort of person to turn down fights to be honest i don't yeah. think he oh uh, well, yeah I, he hasn't been has he
3: all this time in his career he's not because khabib's pulled out four times didn't he
0: yeah yeah, I don't think that's in his mo, and I, I think that's what sort of made him a bit. Because he's not, I don't think he's a particularly. I'm not saying I don't know him, but he doesn't come across like a particularly nice person. If anybody remembers him from the Ultimate Fighter, he was yeah. not. He was an asshole, you know, to yeah. pretty much everyone. Um, but I think the reason he's a fan favorite is because he is. He's got a mentality that people admire. That he, like he says, he's a contract killer, and he's just out to kill people and that, you can see that because look at freaking hell you know how he lasted in that fight was unbelievable really um, yeah.
4: but literally like I, a Tekken character
0: he was <clears throat> it was like it was it reminded me a little bit of the Robbie Lawler um uh oh Canadian fighter um uh, Rory McDonald Rory McDonald fight it that reminded me a little bit of that it was uh it was that sort of brutalistic swinging from the fences who falls down first, kind of thing. Loads of physical damage, but um, but interestingly, do you think George St Pierre could make lightweight, and do you think he'd be any good at lightweight?
3: I think that Khabib should go up. So I don't, I don't think George could make it, but I don't think he should have to either. He's, he's the best. He's one of the, if not the best of all time. Do you think Khabib would go up? No. I don't he'd think get, he'd ever go up. He'd get spanked.
0: Yeah. He thinks he'd get mauled by him, which is yeah. why he won't do it. Yeah. Why'd you like,
1: GSP now? was he, forty one?
0: No, he's 36 or something, like that, 37. Well GSP is. I oh have, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have thought he's that old. I'll check, but the
3: thing is is okay. is he's, he's he's earned the right to not have to fucking go down and fight Khabib. He's a middleweight and welterweight champion, and he was welterweight champion for fucking ages.
4: And he walked into the UFC and took it from Bisbing just like that. Thirty-eight, yeah, he's thirty eight. 38.
1: Yeah, he's got my left my, my age. age.
4: Oh man, oh man.
3: And to be fair, that that I really thoroughly enjoyed that fight he had with Bisbing. I thought that was oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah,
4: but I who would have thought Bisbing would have been champ at his age at that point in his career? It's just amazing. Like MMA is just fascinating sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is
4: that when he had one eye as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's
2: mental, isn't it? Uh, it's how hard. it went.
3: He's a <laughs> he's a fucking legend. <laughs> I love. I absolutely love. I've never. I've absolutely never ever been more excited than watching him knock out Luke Rockhold. Yes, oh, mate. charging around that. my lounge at about nine o'clock in the morning. Go,
4: Fucking yes! And <laughs>
5: yeah,
4: the post no, the post fight press conference was amazing, where he we was just like yelling at him and shit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that. Was it, <laughs> and so then winning against out. Dan <laughs>
4: Anderson as well, even
0: though he nicked it Dan, against Dan. Oh, and the, and the best Bisping fight by far for me yeah. was beating Anderson Silva. Yeah. yeah. Was, oh was yeah. That, was that was a massive comeback from like almost destruction semi-celebration by anderson silver bisping pulled his shit together and ended up beating him. And it i know the,
4: the crazy flying knee at the end of round three that wasn't legal as well i was what like we were watching it on a yeah. dodgy stream and then uh, all of a sudden it cut out we're like what the fuck just happened was yeah. that legal
3: like we didn't have a fucking clue what was going on we were texting jordan's brother who was at the fight to try and work out what the fuck was going on. He had even less of an idea what was going on, because obviously they didn't have commentators, because they were in the arena. No, like, it was fucking amazing.
0: And then he wins. Amazing. What a career. Unbelievable
1: His career. His book's out now, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I've got it. It's brilliant. Is it? Is it? Oh, oh, watch it. Watch I've got it in my it. Amazon
1: basket. I've been meaning to get like, it.
3: I, I got the audio book, because uh, I thought it might be him reading it, which I thought would be even funny. Well, that would be isn't. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. It's, it's someone like it's just another northern bloke. But uh,
2: like, that's, oh, that, that's
1: good. My
3: name is so, so, mate, Some of the fucking stories about his life when he's younger are fucking amazing.
1: DJ. I have to get it. At the moment, I'm reading uh, GSP's book, which is interesting. It's got loads of shit in there from John Darner. And um, uh, they call basically Master and stuff. But I have to pick up the Beast one. That'll be my next read.
3: Yeah, it's good. I highly recommend it.
4: There's a really good uh, YouTube doc about him as well that's about 40 minutes long and it just sort of details him growing up, etc. And that was really cool.
1: Shit, I'll have to look it up.
4: And what's this about Mike Tyson coming back? Who thinks that's going to happen?
0: No. Mate, he's a fucking savage, though. He's a savage, mate. <laughs> he, have
4: you seen the videos of him getting his so, Oh, So M-D. scary. <laughs> How much fucking money is he going to need, though? And he doesn't need any, mate. He's. Missing. If you've got
2: a blue belt, you can beat him, boys. That's what it used to be like in the olden days.
4: <laughs>
2: if you get a blue boat you can do Mike Tyson that was needs to be fact um, those days are gone <laughs> he's, he's a he's a he's
3: like he smokes more weed than anyone I know he's basically in a coma 90% of the time and he'd still have 90% of the plan I,
2: I would run faster than I've ever run in my life if he came in I'm gonna get you I'd be like shit <laughs> <laughs> I watched an interview of this the other day where some bloke he gets offended by some bloke and he's like you're rude you're a prick you're a prick <laughs> Yo, and, fuck. I, and, the, and the bloke still asking I'd be like I just
4: got up and ran yeah, yeah.
1: he's scary that, he's so fucking scary
4: is that the one where the reporter's like oh Mike this is live you can't swear no fuck yeah. off <laughs> yeah yeah fuck off you prick
0: <laughs> amazing I Mike Tyson was one of the best documentaries I think I've ever seen yeah yeah He's yeah.
3: really, really open and honest in that, and he's like, yeah, amazing. And that that press conference when he fucking tells that guy he's gonna fuck tell he oh, loves him. Oh yeah. It's like,
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> who who else could say it? if anyone else said that to me, he would be like, all right, fucking fucking out gay
2: boy, calm down. That's <laughs> what so I say to people. Mate. I say that to people when I roll I think yeah. the um, he
4: said that a couple of times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, let's ask let's ask David's quick fire questions. I'm just okay. I'm just
0: looking to see who's actually training Mike Tyson, and it is, and I cannot a for the life of for me remember his name, but he's an MMA trainer, and he is. Um, I want to say he's like uh, runs the American leg of um, Pretorius, but I can't I can't um but that is who is that is who mike Tyson is training with at the moment oh, he's a brazilian i can't think what his name is it's gonna come back to oh that.
2: yeah i saw that sh- um yeah what's name? Oh. yeah i saw that the other day and i thought what's he doing in brazil training it's not, yeah it's just because the it's not cause the, the it's guy yeah yeah got, whatever. it's got in my brain it'll come back to me in a minute yeah See, I've got to ask Dave your love questions, quick fire questions for Dave.
1: Right, Dave. Where did you meet Adam? Oh, No, look. not that one, mate. <laughs> that one, oh. Love story. Come on, I want your oh, grinder story, guys. Wait.
3: Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, I can't oh, wait. Did did, anyone, did everyone see the Francis and Garney fight? <laughs>
4: I'm <laughs> so, <laughs> so glad he's back to doing what he should be doing. Like, you know, it was such a shame that sort of uh, was it Derek Lewis he was fighting that was just a stalemate? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that he's got his confidence back and he can just knock people out again. Since
3: that fight, he spent a total of two minutes and 40 seconds in the octagon,
2: in four fights. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. I saw Dave on Grinder that time, and I (laughs) I swiped right and then he swiped right. It was a swipe left. I've done a wish way. We both swiped and we met each other.
3: Is that what it's like? Jordan made me a oh, grinder right. account years ago, years ago when I first got my first very first iPhone. He's like, "Oh mate, you gotta get this app." <laughs>
2: Put me on. So I, I met okay. Dave. why I met the Dave. I can't find out out of his uniform. No, <laughs> he was naked. Can't believe it. Have you still got the photos? You yeah. have to ask him again, Sea Dog. He's forgotten the question.
1: Right. which one was it you wanted me to ask, Ed? Was it where you, you met you, him? You decide. Funny... Mate. Oh, I, I want a funny story then. Come on, Dave. Make us giggle. Um the
0: story I tell everyone, which is I don't know how funny it was. It was it was not funny for me at the time, but when I, I started at this very, very quiet fire station in Hertfordshire, I was only twenty one or twenty years old or something like that. I was a youngster. And um when you start on a fire station you literally you're a buck you're you're they they used to call you a sprog like you do everything you literally make the tea clean everything clean everyone's everything and do all the jobs anyway we got went to this shout and i'm it was in an old people's home and this bloke um basically been in a bath chair and they pulled him out they lifted the bath chair out of the bath and there was a little split in one of the squares. So the, oh, obviously God. there's loads of squares in the bath chair. And there's a little split. Oh, and his nuts had obviously, <laughs> when it got hot, they'd sunk down and dropped through oh, this God. square. Oh. And if they pulled him out, they'd shrunk back up again. But they got trapped in the bath chair. Um, but the thing was, that my governor at the time said, right, OK, come here, Sprog. And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, what do you want me to do? He went, Right, you're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to cut him out with the tin snips, which are like these really, like, really blunt scissors, basically, that won't cut for anything. Um, cut. He said, But you, and you, basically, you're going to have to cup his balls while you're doing it. And I was like, God, he's like a hundred years old. Why do I have to cup his nuts? I thought, oh, I just have to get on with it, mate. I just have to do this and just cut this old boy's nuts. And uh, obviously, there was like seven other blokes watching me, laughing, smiling while this old boy's and all the care home nurses were standing there looking at this little wally getting told what well, this spotty little wally, which was me, and uh, and I went to cut his nuts, and my governor went, stop! You've got to take your glove off. You can't wear your fire gloves. <laughs> I was like, you're joking, mate. It's not, nah, mate, your nuts are very sensitive. You're going to have to hold his nuts without your gloves on. And I literally stood there and holding, oh, he was probably about 98 years old, held his nuts <laughs> with my bare hand. Most of the time, they weren't doing anything to cut him out. They were just looking at me, uh, holding old-age pensioners nuts, essentially. Um and that was it really. That was the first first bit of I suppose abuse I was getting when I had my first job. I mean there's been, there's loads of things. loads that I can't really say on air, probably that would get a lot of people into trouble. But um yeah, I can't really say a lot. But that was probably one of them one of the one of the bits of fun that people had with
2: me. <laughs> Sweet. Did you warm your hands up before you touched them?
0: Uh, I didn't. I touched probably with they were probably warm anyway, but it's, it didn't do anything. His nuts were trapped.
2: So. Did you like? you like the man from? I think um, he appreciated my my cupping of his nuts.
5: Oh, young man! <laughs>
0: <laughs> but obviously, over the years, you end up like twenty years. You do you cut people, cut rings off, and get people out of people's asses, and people chained to fucking lampposts, and you know people stuck in places they shouldn't be, and. Have their dick stuck in things that they shouldn't have their dick stuck in, and <laughs> fires in hall where punters aren't willing to leave, and we've had to drag them out by their feet and fucking drag them down the stairs. And
1: really? Gone. Fucking hell. I worked
0: in Soho for ten years in West London, so you do. There was a lot of there's a lot of fires in hall there, and you know you see a lot of bits and bobs going on. So yeah, there's it, it, some fun there's some funny things, but I probably couldn't say them on here. 'Cause that's that's about as clean as it gets. Make up in an old boy's nuts. <laughs> What's your
2: next question, Sea Dog? You have three questions, isn't it, or just two? No,
1: only two, mate. Well, the one What's was the about the. Uh, just wondering. Oh yeah, how come you and Adam ended up going into business together, mate? What, 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 what was your um, what was your reasoning of jumping into bed with Adam?
0: Um. Well, when I I moved down here, my missus got diagnosed with cancer pretty soon. And my training was all linked to being in London because I trained when I was up in London for my four days at Mill Hill, obviously. And I trained constantly. And while I was down here, I was just going mad because I couldn't train. And my missus was ill and it was just moved into a new house. The kids were going mental. Um asking me if she was gonna die every night and I was like I need to I need to oh, do Jesus. something. I need to train. So I, I literally saw this place in um in Coalhill, which was Adam obviously, and I just went down there and we got on really well. And that was that was probably that really. But it was I was I couldn't really commit to anything until I got a job down here, which was like a big master plan. Um and obviously I was um I was with Mill Hill at the time, which, mm. which Nick was my my main guy, and still is, you know, my guy, obviously. But uh, we got affiliated to Mill Hill, and and it all made it a, a really sweet transition. And then opportunity came up to join forces uh, with the gym, and I'd had an MMA clubs before and things like that you know with max and whatnot and mark and I, I don't know where i've i been in in that game but not in brazilian jiu-jitsu so to speak and it just seemed a, a natural thing to do and and to try and build a bit of a brand and you know just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger as long as they let us out hopefully they we'll will do anyway because we'll give a fuck about yeah. jiu-jitsu then we'll be doing it in a
1: month so how um, many years have you been down here for then
0: only uh, since June 2017. Oh uh, right, okay. So not long,
2: really, not that long. Um, yeah. I'll tell you the real story now. I was gone. lonely one one Sunday night. I was really lonely, so I went on Grinder. Fuckball <laughs> and I asked <laughs> I asked for a fireman, and a fireman came. It was Dave. I took loads of photos of him. I've still got those photos. So now we're in business together. I object to being called a
0: fireman. I'm a firefighter. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Use the right terminology. Well, on,
2: on Grindr. On grinder, you were noted as a fireman. So I strangler. What are you strangler. down as?
3: <laughs> <laughs> what are you down as on grinder? A potato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> penis.
2: A best, penis. Desperate maximus. Dan. If, how, How enormo.
3: Alan Shearer and a Potato had sex.
4: <laughs> uh,
2: <for Tom> <laughs> Boys, you laugh all you want, fellas. It's coming back. The you will be back soon and you'll be fucking dead. All of you. <laughs> laugh. Laugh all you can. <laughs> I might get a tattoo of a potato Alan Shearer and Bob Hawkins being like morphed together.
3: It just depends how long your hair is.
4: And you just need to get a photo of your own face if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, George, what's your quick fire question for Dave? So, when you uh, sort of took on the reins, as, as it were, Uh, How does your expectation to what a firefighter is, to the reality of it, how do you think that sort of uh, equates? Call him a fireman. he He likes it. it.
0: Um, Well, when I first started, it was really not, didn't equate to anything because I started and the first station I went to did 230 calls a year for something ridiculous like that, which anybody who knows anything about fire stations that is really 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 quiet so we basically i i we we used to do loads of games that um oh, we used to play a game called the rat where we used to ha- have a fishing line in the bays is i don't origami or something because that is like <laughs> doing some sort of paper folding escapade um uh, you we used to play games like the rat, where you used to have this fishing line and a little sock on the end of it, and run it around the, run it around a letterbox. And when pissed people come out of the club up the road, we used to reel the rat in, stand behind the bay doors, reel the rat in, and the geezers the would even start stamping <laughs> off it and they'd rip it quick, and they'd shit themselves and fucking start running away. And their missus would tackle the rat and we used to put a radio in the letterbox, in the postbox, and pretend to be a little leprechaun and. Do a little Irish accent and go. Let me out here. And my country football. Think that it was that dead. So that was definitely not. But then I went to. I transferred to London. I went to a busier station after that. Not long after that, and that was better. But then I guess when I went to London, it was London was far more like being a proper firefighter. You just out all the time. You go into fires, jobs loads and doing what you so i guess that period of my life yeah between like 2006 and when i finished at kentish town in 2018 that was like oh it was 2019 actually that was proper um that was what i what i thought it would be just going out to jobs kentish town was a very poor area um, Camden's a very poor area, so you just get loads of jobs by the nature of the place. But, um, but now I'm in Dorset. Um, I would say I've gone back to those quiet days, I guess, um, which I've got different challenges now. And I'm an old man now because like, I was a youngster, obviously, back in the day, 20 years ago, I was, I was a young gun and I was, you know wanted to be out in jobs all the time and seeing things and doing loads of stuff and then 20 years later i've seen loads of stuff and now i'm probably not so desperate to see loads of stuff anymore because i've seen plenty of stuff i didn't i did and i didn't want to (laughs) see because with all the good stuff comes all the shit stuff as well so um
2: so yeah that's a beautiful beautiful segue into crump's question (laughs) Beautiful. This is going to be the best thing ever.
3: Yeah. I want to know what the most fucked up thing Probably you've ever done. seen is.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'd say, aside from a bloke who got a titanium cock ring over his cock and his balls, and it had been on there for over 24 hours. I mean, uh, and then we cut it off with an angle grinder or a, or a grinder. Um, but my mate always used to do this trick where he used to pretend or he used to not wear his glasses and he'd go, Oh fuck it. Someone get my glasses. So, (laughs) so the person would really not want him to do the grinding, but he was definitely the best person at it. Um, but I don't, I, I I don't really, uh, there's been a lot of dark shit over the years. I think (sighs) I've always thought it was, um, not wanting to be, but it's a bit of a morbid question. So it's difficult not to be too morbid. Um, it's. I've always found it harder to watch people die than to see dead people, if that makes sense. Mm. People dying or in the process of dying has always given me far more nightmares than seeing dead people. And I, w- I would not want to sit here and recount every dead person that I've come across over 20 years of all the one-unders and the, you know, the freaking fires and blah 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 because there's been a lot um but i would say the probably the uh, i mean I don't, there's one i don't really want to mention because it is really not very nice so i'll tell you about that afterwards i know that doesn't mm. do people at home because that is really quite savage but probably the one that is the darkest and it's not really something i saw but um i went to a a young Girl who had been run over by a bus, um, obviously by accident, in Oxford Street, and um, we, I sat there with her for probably half an hour while she was asking me to phone her boyfriend, tell him she loved him, phone her mum, answer the phone. She knew she was dying, and she did know she was dying, but she looked fine, and I think probably within a space of about two minutes from talking to her, although I was sitting there for a long time, two minutes of talking to her, Hems had her on the floor and were, you know, basically doing open surgery, like right there uh, in front of me. And I think that was probably one of those ones that, well, I know I, it wasn't, it's not probably, I I had... I would say pretty significant nightmares as in sweating, shouting and waking up and, and, and all sorts of other things that led to some pretty serious issues where I had to go and have, actually
1: speak to someone about it. Um, Is that, did that help you? Like, was that the best way you found of getting through these things or was there any like sort of mental process you, you've, you thought of yourself to push yourself through it, Dave? Well, I, I
0: didn't, I didn't initially go for that. That was just a byproduct of, uh, of why I went. It's a bit of a long convoluted story really, but I, I didn't, I didn't really go and speak to someone cause of that. That was just something that came out, you know, that I was seeing whenever I <clears throat> was getting very stressed, I used to see this girl. Yeah. Not it. I mean, all the time. Um, And it would just be really when I was having like, you know, anxiety sort of. I didn't really know what anxiety was, to be honest. Didn't really recognise that. It it certainly wasn't surrounding work or anything. It was was around family stuff and other weird stuff that I, you know, that was pressure at the time. But it manifested itself in that. I've never spoke to some people about um, seeing... Horrible things. Although you, I think I would certainly advise it to people because I think, and even with that, when I did go for counselling, I didn't really talk about that. Although that was a byproduct mm. of it, but essentially, I do say to whenever I've had a new recruit or whatever, and we go and we, you know, for example, when I was in not recently, not long ago, we went and to a reasonably difficult car accident where there was a lot of carnage and i did say to the to the new person you know seeing seeing nasty things is very much like radiation you know it's a cumulative effect you can take a few millisieverts here and there you'll be fine but by the time you've done 20 years of taking on radiation it does do something to you that is not necessarily something you can manage very easily so if you don't need to see it don't see it because um, mm-hmm. there's a big stigma <laughs> in the fox it's I think it's like a traditional thing but it's still there now, that when you have something horrible, people will take the new person up there and they will show them it, you know what I mean, because it's like, it's like losing your L plate sort of thing you, you know, you lost your virginity and you go and show them and they go, oh my god, that's really horrible, um, I mean I remember being a buck I'd seen dead people by this stage, but when I was a buck, we um, got called to assist the ambulance. This is like dead donkeys years ago, and um, uh, there was a house full of flies, and a guy—a guy had guy died on a toilet, but sadly enough, he hadn't. Well, obviously, no one had been to see him in like three or four weeks. Um, and his neighbours, he he was a bit eccentric anyway. Um, Obviously the ambulance, no one could get in there without wearing breathing apparatus you know, because he he pretty much was falling apart on his toilet. So mm-hmm. the only way to deal with it was to put him in a wheelie bin. You know what I mean? But what what happened was was my leading my leading hand right. at the time when we were taking him out. And all the all the this was before like camera phones. I'm sounding like a real old cunt now. Before camera phones and all that shit. So people weren't taking photos, but because they do now, people. I mean. I've seen firefighters have fights with people because they've been taking photos of dead people and shit like that. People are crazy, but uh, people looking over the fence trying to look at him and things like that. And my, I remember my lead Nan just opening this bin and just letting them all have a look. You know what I mean? And there was just, it was just. I must have only been like twenty two or something, and I just see all these people being sick everywhere, and you know, like just this nasty business. (laughs) Like it was like let them have it.
1: Does it right,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, and, and I think the thing is, you, but I, but again, at the same time, I don't blame people because it is it is curiosity killed the cat. Do you know what I mean it's like, mm-hmm. don't, pe I don't hate on people. I do, I don't obviously agree with people taking photos and crap like that, but I don't. I know why people look, and it's the same as, you know, why everyone under I ever went to, I just looked under the train. You know what I mean, and and you're picking up a wallet, you're picking up a that's a person. You know what I mean. So I I think there is a there is a there's a lot of things that people think about when you when you this when you describe those sort of um, incidents, and people go, oh, you just see a body and this that and the other, and you and and, and there's a load more to it because there's there's a, a, another one probably like decompressing now you've asked me I went, <laughs> <to> <laughs> a, I went to a building site where um they pushed a wall over onto this poor soul and they didn't know that the guy had, was not obviously behind it they pushed it over with a bulldozer ma- massive like 12 foot wall or something like that brick wall falling on his head um and you can understand that's made some quite a mess you know um of this poor young probably early 20s or whatever Um, and it it was you know it was uh, as bad as you're going to see in any horror movie is what you're looking at you know what I mean Uh, but for me um, what played in my mind and what I had to look after my crew with was because while we were standing there calling it off from all his workmates and everything like that who were obviously massively in shock and obviously someone killed him so you've got to take that into account that someone's actually done that although it's an accident it's still they've still killed one of their mates uh that his mum was phoning on the phone at the time ringing off the hook bang and it was the same tune same tune over again over again and obviously there's it was a bit it was a building site so i'd sort of corned it off because the the wall was unstable and you couldn't really neces. it wasn't necessary for us that you could see he was dead he <laughs> didn't know, need to go anywhere near near him to, to to know that he was dead but in people's minds they're going home and that phone is ringing and that that mum is on the on the, you know that name is on the on the phone and you're seeing that that's someone who doesn't know what's happened to their kid or does or wants to talk to them or whatever so it's, it's things like that that I think that, you know, pick, like I said, picking up wallets at one-unders. I don't know if you know what a one-under is, but it's someone who's jumped under a train, mm. uh, essentially. And where I was, um, was probably the one of the busiest places for one-unders because there were so many underground trains there where I worked um, in the West End. Um, so we used to go to them every week. But, um uh, sometimes you get a bit desensitized to it, and then all of a sudden, you'll see something, pick pick someone's picture or whatever. You're picking something up, and you'll pick a, a hand up with a wedding ring on it, or you, you know what I mean. You 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 do you you are putting bits of body in a bag. You know what I mean. So it is it is pretty savage, but there is a whole other thing that goes with it that people probably. You know, and that's why I guess why I empathise so much with those nurses that are currently doing what they're doing, because they are, I would say, seeing people when what I would consider uh, the the worst process that one can go through. So, for example, when my dad died, this is really bad, but I'm going to say it, I felt. I went and turned into work mode when my oh, I was there when my dad was dying with the rest of my family, but I just went into work mode because I've experienced that. I could deal with that better than the rest of my family could, obviously. But the process is the process. The process is you're watching someone's life like eke away from them. That is like I can't even really describe it. It's 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 you know probably one of the darkest things you can experience you know i mean and those people are doing that on a day-to-day basis day in day out not only with these poor people with covid but just ran you know just normal people on the wards and whatnot um so you know i'm not saying it's all bad because obviously we rescue people and they save people and people leave which is amazing and that's what you're there to do and you you not especially in the fire service our our strike rate of saving people over people dying is huge and it still is huge we rescue far more people than we lose i mean a ridiculously large amount of people get rescued um over those that don't um but you know it is you know majority of the ones that i was experiencing they were gone way before we got there um so it was it was almost like a clear up and when they weren't um you know, you you had to be in that dark bit, so yeah,
2: it was a bit savage. But I can see all your faces have like gone. We never let's that. let's end think. on let's <laughs> end on a positive front rather than me crying myself to sleep. So my questions <laughs> now, Dave, I've got three. So the first question is, when did you determine your love for me? Was it a <laughs> our first meeting in Grinder? B sleeping in the same bed of me in Lisbon? C punching me in the ear really hard and calling me a naughty world. Oh, difficult? I don't think
0: it's any of them, to be honest. I think, um, I think I think it was when someone was being really horrible to you in your office and he didn't kill them. That I thought, he's the sort of guy I want to be friends with. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because I think, realistically, if someone's being horrible to you and you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu... You are literally letting them live. <laughs> you are, yeah. You are literally giving them a free pass I to breathe. I remember that
2: day because you just you just got up and left, didn't you? Afterwards, so I was like, yeah. Oh, and I think he's, he's an ignorant prick, that guy as well. And I think that, but that is
0: the character that I want in my friends, and I think that's the character that we have <laughs> at Sasquatch. That although people can do a lot of things, and but deep down, they're nice people um i'll tell you after i'll tell you All after. Right. <laughs> um but but yeah but that was that was, that's a character trait i like in someone someone who's got the self-control cheers or, mate. You know, or someone saying to you yeah well i sort of pride myself on that as well do you know what i mean I, I think you know if i got cut up on the in a car or someone shouting rude words at me would i do anything probably not probably not because it's not worth it it's not you know it's not could you? Yeah, absolutely, hundred and ten percent. It could, but it's it's a good character trait to have that self control. You know what I mean? And I do think that people should learn to appreciate the fact that sometimes you lot out there are getting a free pass. That maybe, <laughs> if the apocalypse had happened, you wouldn't be getting that free pass. So, if these were in the locker times.
1: Well, when we get back to the club after calling you a potato and Bob Oskins and stuff. <laughs>
2: Are we getting a free pass, mate? So that depends if Dave like strokes me before or not. <laughs> I might, I might need to f- like feed on some bone marrow like a dog, you know, and a dog like sucks out all the bone marrow from inside <laughs> someone. I might need to do that. That'd be my new move. I like break someone's leg and then suck out all the bone marrow. I'll <laughs> take, like that. I'll would take that be
4: your? Yeah. Would that be a fatality from Mortal Kombat for you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Spread a <laughs> leg and then just suck out all the bone marrow. <laughs> Special right. What? Right. Next I question,
3: think, like, you know, when the amount of sexual abuse that happens from you to me, I think calling you Alan Shearer and
2: Weetabix's love child or whatever, so. but it's not abuse. <laughs> it's exactly. all consensual, isn't it? Is it? How do you think you got your blue bar? <laughs> I can't
3: remember. I've blocked it out, mate. You were gay for pay. Re- oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I have <laughs> blocked it not out nitrates. Gay for pay. Right. Next question for Dave. I love you, Dave. Um, this is a fireman question now. Slightly abusive to a certain um, whole section of society. But if anyone knows me, I give everyone the same abuse. No matter if they're whatever, race, creed, colour, religion, um, demographic group, or anything like that. Have you ever met a fireman that used to be an art student that was any good? No. <laughs> <God>. next question <laughs>
0: I'm sure there are there, there are firefighters that are off the sea
2: oh sea dogs sorry oh, mate so I to abuse you a little bit well no um, so,
1: hey, someone's got to do the send the pictures to the fire station with the little little fireman and the fire in the background and stuff Yeah, just think of the
0: creators see five or six year old children but exactly mate or
2: adults that probably do that too Chinese <laughs> doing <good enough>. that China <laughs> China China, ain't that? China. It's um, so about to fighting. So, without, it's obviously a short fire one. Back in the day, you did karate, then you did MMA, then you did like fighting in squash courts, all that kind of stuff. Um, when did you start doing BJJ? And give us a quick, um, what it was like and what the sort of scene was like. Because um, these, these new boys now, not disrespecting them in any way, and probably people listening a bit about myself when I started if there was a black belt around anywhere there were like mythical creatures that are like like Dracula oh my god here's a black belt and there's a blue belt around the corner
0: that's what it was like when I started I I think strangely enough there was almost zero Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Um, and I have a very very loose memory of um, going somewhere in Tottenham to uh, what I thought was a seminar which had got out of Martial Arts Illustrated magazine um, and do it and there was a I, I think he might I, I think it might have been Arlen and I think he might have been a purple belt at the time and he was probably one of the first guys to be in the UK doing it um, I don't even know what this was like I don't even know when this was. I don't even recognize it as a start, really, because it was just me going there to look and and do a bit in the judo gi. And that was that. And then <clears throat> that was like 1999 or something like that. And then I think the next time I really got hold of it was when I met a guy called Dave Webb who runs Rostrum now and has got a really good academy in um, Bedfordshire. And we
3: we me and George did that comp
0: at scene last year. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was good. Well, well da- that's Dave Webb who I first started basically um I'd gone back to doing a bit of I'd done a bit of boxing, I was doing this and that and I I did it. I was in and out with my um uh my karate instructor and, and he said there's a geezer next door wanting to go and fucking deal with him because he's fucking teaching some sort of kung fu next door. Go there and fucking deal with him. So I thought, oh, I've got to fucking go and sort this shit out, because that's basically what my creating shots was, was, like a little miniature gangster. So I went next door, and I saw these two bloke flying around on the floor. Like, one was really, was Dave Webb, who was really big at the time, and one was his mate, who was Sam, who was really little. And I just saw this geezer getting strangled, and I sort of went in, and I went, oh, I'm from the... Club next door, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I was like, "We're doing cage fighting," and I was like, "Cage fighting! This is amazing!" And he, we, we, they weren't; they were just rolling around on the floor. And he went, "Do you want to do a bit?" And I and I and, and I said, "Yeah." And I, this is a distinct memory I have. Whether it's true or not, I don't know because my brain might have manifested it into something. But I remember rolling around the floor, and I'd done judo since I was a kid, so I sort of knew what I was doing. But Dave Webb was much more advanced than I was at the time. <laughs> And I remember him getting me in a choke from from the, at my back and he'd getting me in a choke. And I looked up at, at, at the at the door, and through the Georgian wire glass window was my karate instructor, <laughs> looking through, <laughs> like a little like a little voyeuristic like like a little man watching, <clears throat> misses, bang, and a little tear coming down his eye. <laughs> and I remember slowly going unconscious at that time, thinking, "Oh fuck it." caught me I've, i can't never <laughs> go back and then um since then or at that time me and dave webb then went to. we were doing more mma but we also used to go to a place called the Tokai in london bridge and this was probably about 2001 or something 2002 and it was um it was brazilian top team and it was run by a guy called ronaldo campos who was the cage rage champion at the time and he was under zay marcelo who now owns icon and i used to train there and we used to go and do the wrestling uh, because the gb team were there and then i did the brazilian jiu-jitsu after with the brazilian top team and it was exorbitantly expensive but that was just it was in london bridge so that was just what you did and um i got, I got my four stripes and my white belt there. Um, or three stripes and my white belt. One of them, well, I didn't really take any that. To be honest, I was all into the MMA, so I didn't really give a shit about what I was doing, to be honest. It wasn't my MO. Um, but there was, there was, um, Luis Ribeiro was there, um, who's now, I think he's checkmate. Matt. There was, uh, there was, um, oh, there was loads of people who are, names now. Gracie Barr, can't think of his name. Henrique Santana was there as a blue belt. He was a blue belt at the time. Uh, he's a Gracie Barr guy now. There was loads of faces, and I remember Zay Marcelo come down and he wrist-locked me into an oblivion without even touching me, and I thought this is fucking phenomenal. Um, and then, blah, blah, blah. One thing led to another. Kep, kept training, but always grappling. No gi, did MMA, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, always trained with other people and um, a mate of mine um, was training at Mill Hill so I just went back, saw Nick who I knew from old said is it cool to start training again or in the gi, put the gi back on and I was like I'd fucking start from white belt, nothing I'm not fussed about stripes I was never in into it for grades or whatever anyway Um and that was that. And I didn't compete as a white belt because obviously I'd fought pro MMA. And it was kind of, I think I spoke to Dan Strauss about it. And he said it would be frowned upon a bit really to start going and going and doing white belt comps, obviously. So I didn't start competing until I did a blue belt, got got my blue belt from Nick. Um, and that was it really. But I would say it was, just, there was just no one about really as far as like the, like, Ireland's was probably one of the first, I would say. or ch- I think Chen Moraes was another one that was around back in the day. But you found out about, I mean, like Martial Arts Illustrated magazine, there were like adverts in the magazine because it was not, you know, and, and a very sketchy forum called Submission Fighting UK, which like everybody was on, um, which was like as basic as it was. Where you had to do your dial up and it was like Eah! for half hour waiting for it. Wait to get an internet connection, and <clears throat> then you can read some posts about, you know, whatever bullshit was going on at the time, um, and yeah, and that was that was pretty much it. But there, there wasn't. There, I mean, like I said, I lived in, you know, borders of Hertfordshire in Northwest London at the time, and you know, London Bridge was not really difficult to get to. It wasn't. It was, but it was a, you know, probably a, an hour on a train or a couple of trains it wasn't like simple simple but that was and that was the nearest brazilian jiu-jitsu club to me that was um even though there was london shoot in kilburn which was 20 minutes from my house um that they didn't do brazilian jiu-jitsu they did submission fighting which was a completely different kettle of fish that was that was just something completely different so um, and then I mixed up with like the car brothers who are now both black belts in BJJ and they, they were even predated me. They were, they, they went to the early days BJJ lessons and they stayed and, and they they, they, they sort of stuck around and, 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 and kept ticking along, although they didn't grade, they only graded later in life themselves as well. But, um. But yeah, they were both they were both old school. So there there was this this there was it was a very sort of quiet scene, nothing like it is now. Whereas black belts in every corner, um, pretty much. But yeah, it was a different it was a different vibe, but good. Bit bit of a you had to go looking. It wasn't free. And there was a lot of different shit. You got learned all sorts of around, like Eric Paulson was around at the time as well. So there was all sorts of crazy like catch wrestling subs. And I, I get a lot of stuff from like, like that sort of catch if catch can and all that sort of thing. I quite like all that old school Lancashire wrestling type stuff, you know, um, just make, make up submissions as you go. If, it, if you twist it up and it hurts, then it, you've, it works. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my yeah. game, mate. <laughs> well, that, that <laughs> is <laughs> a game. For, that is a game. Also, a game for bigger people. When you're smaller, it's a little bit, bit more. Um, bit, you have to be a bit more opportunistic to get your subs. You have to wait for them to happen or bait them. But um, but yeah, I mean, def- I definitely feel that I'm I'm enjoying grappling. More, although I did it back in the day, it was more of a necessity. I, d- I did judo when I was five years old at my brother's club, but I couldn't stand it. I was shit at it. Um, I'm still shit at it now, but um but I I enjoy it much more now. I'm a bit older.
3: I don't know. He smashed up um old Matty's shoulders
0: pretty well when he had his um forfeit the other week. I put, poor old Matty's shoulder. I have to apologise to Matty's shoulders. This is probably the only time I've put it on someone in the club. I think I've, I did. <laughs> I, I did. I, feel, I felt passionate about that moment. Yeah. Matty I don't know if it came out in my 30 second grapple with him. But yeah, it did. Know. mate. It really did. Yeah, it did. But <laughs> well,
2: I mean, that's not I the only you time you put it on someone. Remember that time you punched me in the ear really hard? Oh, I didn't put it on you, mate. That wasn't Matty he shoulders. Punched got punched it. it. Matty you punched shoulders me straight in the ear, mate. Yeah, yeah but gave, gave but... me like a little cauliflower ear for like a that, day. That
0: was hun- that was. I would say that wasn't 100% on Matty's shoulders, but that was definitely 95% on Matty's shoulders. Yeah. For that. <laughs> that was as close We're to 100%. the whole class, didn't he? For his forfeit. The
2: whole well, class. I, I, he, took yeah.
0: it like, he took it like a true gen. He obviously. took it like a trooper, mate. He
2: took it like he a real man.
0: make him right, and uh, he's, he's, he got my respect. Though. The balance. Balance is back to the universe, as it yeah, should be. 100%, mate. 100%, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. he did. We he did, do yeah. that
2: all the time, didn't we, Iron Man's? It, yeah. We're yes. going to we're gonna bring that back when we come back. But the problem is, I think everyone's going to break because they've been off too long. So we're yeah. going to have to build up to it slowly.
3: Yeah, I think me and Thanos were chatting about this in the chat the other day, weren't we? Like, It would be gutting if you get back and then you fucking get injured.
2: It's yeah. going to happen, mate. Everyone's got to be. This is going to be the hardest thing for me as well. I've got to pull everyone back because yeah. everyone's going to be so mega king. If you can make it through one roll without gassing, first roll is going to be like death and without pulling something. Yeah, and the thing this, is, like, it's
0: not even like I'm still training now, I'm still running and I'm still doing kettlebells and things like that, but it's not the same. It, it's, no. it, yeah. it doesn't matter what you do. The first one is still going to be yeah. like heavy breather. You're not, you're not going but, to get away with that.
2: I tell you, my, my wrist is completely knitted back. It's not been this good for about two years. It's amazing, and I and I bet you first round back, I was going to pull it again. <laughs> my,
3: I'm I'm worse, mate. My my thumb is is as bad as probably three days after I dislocated it in December.
2: Do you want me to fix it for you?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I've I'm, I'm, I'm advised against that <laughs> I've had that before Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've all had a bit of that oh I'll yeah. fix that yeah and it ends up facing the completely wrong direction
2: <laughs> <laughs> the best one C- Crom you know when the army guy came and he dislocated his shoulder you were weren't you because you're the one that did it to him I
3: was the one that dislocated it yeah, yeah it dislocated was his shoulder
2: and I was like I'll put it back for you mate and he's like no 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 don't touch it and I said Alright, lift your arm on the side lift it on the front <laughs> and it went and, they, mate, you still fucking charged him. Yeah, of mate.
0: My favourite was when the bloke <laughs> broke his arm and, and Adam got an inappropriate picture with him with the, with the paramedics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor old Jake. Literally, his, his whole life, his whole uh, freaking livelihood yeah. had just literally gone up in smoke and had to get a group photo of him. I remember when Alison's um, back... Oh, like yeah. cracked and I was like, Oh
3: yeah. fuck. I've just like actually witnessed like a woman's back break.
2: Yeah. And Adam's like,
3: You're right, love, come on in, let's fucking stand you up. Yeah, let's but she that. was
2: she was just um <laughs> she, she was over milking like milking it, yeah. Cause then everyone all like all the big boys are like, Oh you okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Who did that to her anyway? I can't remember. Who... <clears throat>
4: Um, they can't be named, can they? <laughs> no. Oh yes.
2: Oh yes. I oh know who it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Can't think of the worst injuries. Think about injuries now. That's the it, worst. Man. The
3: worst. The worst injury is, I think, probably um. Jake's,
2: was pretty bad. Yeah. In Christchurch, happened a lot. But as well, to so be fair did.
3: when I. When, I, yeah. when my ACL went, you could hear the pop around the whole gym. It was fucking horrible. Yeah. That was a
2: shit gym, though, way. Right?
3: It was, yeah. However, um, it was pretty gnarly. What other minging injuries have I actually when
2: was I, was I a brown then? Yeah. Because I, I wasn't there like that, I don't think.
3: No, it was a... It was a... Th- Thursday night i think no yeah. it would have been a wednesday because it was a gi night so it was either it was a either a wednesday no, it was a friday sorry it was a, it was a friday night so you were normally there on friday so you might yeah. have been there it went pop yeah. and then i tried to roll with jordan i was like oh i think I, I think i better better give it a rest and then i drove around for about two hours got into bed woke up the next morning and my knee was like four or five times the size of it and it was it was stuck Bent because I'd a it bent, and like, it was so swollen that I couldn't stretch it. So I had to like get my missus to gradually pull my leg out. It was minging.
2: Yeah, you know, I've be lucky with my knees. I popped it once in the London Open. It, it like um shifted sideways and then went back in. And I didn't even know. And I was on the bottom and I managed to sweep someone, stand back up, and as I stood up, I collapsed because my knee went. And I was like, i was <laughs> oh, on the floor, thank you. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just about to pass this guard, I would have won. But that was, yeah, that was dark times, that was perfect. But dark times, that was. And then um, it just went back in. Clonk went straight back in. And just like um... knee, Nino's knee, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Making a sound, wasn't it?
3: You stood him up and it just went, yeah,
2: and went back in. yeah dark times. right on, boys. Let's put everyone off training ever ever again.
3: It's worth it is isn't it? talking about being risk averse earlier weren't we we're obviously yeah. not,
0: not that risk averse no oh, actually yeah, to be plus... fair
3: Dave, dave's finger was pretty gnarly when he dislocated it
0: um rolling with me in christchurch yeah it looked quite savage when you first looked at it it didn't look like it, it didn't look real did it It looked no. <laughs>
2: so all it, was all direction. it was savage was when she, when the nurse bloody pulled it you pooed yourself like, yeah, I that, that's that film. I? Yeah. I was stinking, mate. That was, like the worst oh, Fart stroke shit I've ever smoked in my life. Disgusting,
0: mate. Oh, my God. Was, there was a porn level looking nurse standing there looking at me as I ejected <laughs> the most amount of poo particles out of my bum at the same time.
2: <laughs> I just walked off, and I was like. And oh, uh, then, then we strolled man. out there and sat down with that freaking. All right, mate, yeah, I the explic- oh, you oh, oh, I'm going to kill it. i the kung fu, mate. I just smashed into some wall and smashed my face up. I you mate, why didn't you smash the person up? Oh, yeah, I couldn't do that. No. Going, what
0: you want to do is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. i do Kung Fu. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I can't be involved in this conversation.
2: You were loving it, Dave, <laughs> you were, like, on your gas and air, weren't you, like, oh, in an altered state of being.
0: Yeah, I was laughing. And it's it good stuff, that like gas and It did relax my bum. For any of those that need a relaxed bum, if you need a relaxed bum, gas and air does the, does the
2: trick. That's I was going to say earlier, but I didn't want to say it. But I might as well say it. When I took that like, Jake Doffstorms, he stayed with him, and then his mum came, and his girlfriend came, and it was all horror show, and I was going, it's all right, I've broke my arm loads of times, so and I was trying to talk him through it. And then um, he went in the room to get his arm like reset, and he's like, shh, shh, on the gas of there, and then it's like, ah, ah, screaming, and I was like, oh, my God, what's happened there? Ah, ah, horror show, mate.
3: Right, when when you take gas and air, it it's like you're on pills, but not as good for like thirty seconds. Yeah. So not if long, if you it. were on like not that great pills, and then someone's trying to fucking put your arm back in its socket, I wouldn't be happy. Like it's it's not enough to <laughs> to, to like to sort that. You you need to be unconscious basically, or like on it's some it's heavy opiates. Crack.
1: They call it hippie crack, don't they? Yeah that's pretty
3: good like you know as, as far well, as like you know when my brother had my brother didn't give birth but when his wife gave birth and we went to visit them they were still in the um in the room that she gave birth in because they hadn't moved her onto the ward yet and they'd left the gas and air on so i took like four or five massive fucking chugs of it and i was like <laughs> for about five minutes it was brilliant
2: you know, I, I had a bit when um when car was born because Jody was like pulling down the back of my head like a mutai clinch it was really hurting my neck because I thought I'd have something <laughs> and it was it was right
3: it was good well, my mum's got the mouthpiece from the gas and air from when she had my youngest sister because she bit the fucking mouthpiece off
2: oh shit yeah <laughs> Jesus that's the thing right whatever whatever hardships face us we never have to push one of them <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've
3: I've I've never seen like anything like being on I was on a Labour ward for basically twenty four hours, waiting to have an a uh, emergency basically elected but emergency cesarean for Lorna and we were on a on a labour ward for twenty four hours and it was the most harrowing noise I've ever heard woman after woman after woman after woman and I was just like fucking hell this is like
0: I'm so glad mooing I'm I could get over am yeah. oh, mooing I'm so, so glad I'm a bloke I was on a farm I was like what the fuck is all that mooing going on <laughs> my missus was like, tell her, tell her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, especially if they're
3: induced because they go from like naught to a hundred in about five seconds, don't they? They're, sat, they're, they're all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're sat there having a chat with their mum or whatever and then they, <laughs> uh,
0: Rub, like this. I thought I'd nearly lost a doctor inside of my missus, honestly. This geezer, the level of arm he got in my wife was... um, I literally said to him, mate, do you want me to tie a rope around your legs in case you fucking disappear? (laughs) Because I've never seen anything like it in my life. And it it was unbelievable, mate. I've never... Experiences like that. of Coming up to a midwife and she's like, I don't know how to put the oxygen together. I'm like, well, you better fucking learn fast. (laughs) Because... We've got a fucking baby coming in about 30 seconds she's like I'm, I don't usually work here I, I was like what in the UK what the fuck let's go oh. let's get the perfect pack out
2: so yeah I am. Um, delivered Island, delivered Clark delivered Clark in the back of the car
0: fuck if you've got an elephant he's got a box to put it
2: in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah it I was, I. that was horrific um, I,
0: I literally delivered a
2: tiger <laughs> nice <laughs> I didn't really but just on the top. <laughs> imagine that um, I'm screamish I don't like blood I don't like bogeys don't like, don't like any kind of bodily fluid and then seeing a baby coming out of all the bits and bobs, horrific that's why I'm the way I am <laughs> it's fault. on that
0: note yeah thank you the boys horror. Uh, the horror we're, happy. we're ha- ladies we're nicely. happy that we don't have vaginas yeah, yeah. we're happy thank we God. appreciate
2: you ladies all ladies we don't all ever you, uh, want to
0: squeeze it through our bum holes yeah. <laughs> Who well, is bad enough? Could be a treat. A jet, it could anyway. be poo, Well, you look how small a poo is, and you think how big a baby is. It's
2: just yeah, but it feels cool. nice on it when it comes out. When you when you struggle it past. As a man as a well,
0: My baby has poos that are almost as big as him
3: sometimes. I swear. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, wait till they're older, mate, and i can use a they can use a whole roll of toilet roll on one poo. <laughs> yeah right, really now, when 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 there was a shortage of toilet rolls i literally said to my missus we are fucked <laughs> what is, what is those ma- kids they'll use
2: one each like a day easy is it fiber what makes a poo long is I it fibre? i don't know what what makes it like Dunno. because long i guess
3: hair. i guess you could have a short poo but it's like big fucking you know big balance you, yeah or you can have a long poo where you've obviously condensed it into a longer...
2: Yeah. She might... I don't know about my poo. are different every day.
3: Jordan once had a... He was on the toilet for ages and he fucking came out of the loo and he was like, Mate, 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 fucking come in here, come in here, come and look at my poo. And he'd had a massive shit and it had arms. Look. Yeah. It was like a poo with arms.
4: It literally looked like Mr. Hanky. Shit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, we can't, can't, we can't end without sing, singing a special song to you. Oh, yeah. Really? This is 30th Happy birthday. Birthday, birthday, birthday. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, <laughs> birthday. Is this Mr. Your President. <laughs> extra lumpies <laughs> oh my god there's like eight
4: helicopters Last yeah.
0: that's because you've been talking about chips, mate right, they're coming
4: to get yeah. you
3: Look, there's loads
4: mate Dead. Oh absolutely haunting
3: yeah fuck your birthday, job there's helicopters there's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. It's> helicopters, <laughs>
5: helicopters
0: mate. Well, boys. thank you all that's next it
3: because you've got your headphones in for fuck's sake
0: next oh, yeah. next uh, episode we've got uh, Black Silver, as he's known. Oh yeah, uh, uh, he's silver. Domingos uh, Fortunato is going to come and talk to us about filmmaking and all that sort of business. So, looking forward to that one. See you at the weekend. Cheerio, everybody. Cheerio. Um,